Okay. So welcome to my podcast. Uh, this is going to be my first episode of Being Black in America with Brendan. And my name is Brendan. <laughs> um, this episode, I'm just going to talk about like who I am, um, why I wanted to do a podcast. Um, I'll talk a little bit about black history because that's going to be in all my episodes. That's a major deal. And the last thing I'll talk about is what do I care about and what do I want to do with this podcast? So let's get into it. So my past is a crazy past. <laughs> I'm only 21 years old, but yet I have a list of stuff that <laughs> I have gone through my whole entire life that a bunch of people will never experience. Hopefully. That's my hope. Uh, so, yeah. First off, if you have no clue who I am, I'm Brendan Lundell. And if you even search my name on the internet, if you Google me, you know, the first thing that will come up is expelled student takes BB gun or whatever. So right off the bat, yes, I was expelled my junior year at the day after my golden birthday um, for taking a BB gun off of school premises. You heard me right. Not bringing it onto school premises, not showing it off to my, to people, just taking it off. When I was taking it off the school property, I dropped it, blah, 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 blah. Bunch of, bunch of stuff happened. Pretty much if I didn't have the support that I have, I'd be in jail right now. Cause I was facing three counts of mis uh, three misdemeanors and a felony for that. So if I didn't have the right group of people around me, AKA the right white people that knew the right white people, I was fucked <laughs> and I was lucky and blessed. And that's what people really don't realize is that any other black person in my situation probably would be going to jail. It was the fact that I knew very high people and they knew very high people and they talked and they figured it out that I was actually in the right and I did nothing wrong. I didn't put anyone in danger. I didn't do go Jesse. Sorry, my dog is right next to me. And she's wanting to go outside. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's something that I really don't want to get into on the first episode because that's just, if you really wanted to learn about it, you could just Google it, search it. But I'll get into more of that later in later episodes because that is a whole episode on itself <laughs> on how that went down. But um, so yeah, first thing, I was expelled. And the other thing, when you look at me, you will see that I am a black male and that my mom is white. So right off the bat, it's either I have a black dad or I was adopted. So I was adopted. I was the second adopted in my family. My sister was the first and we're 13 months apart. So we're, we, let's, and I really didn't get that I was black or whatever until I moved. So when I was eight years old, my we moved from a city that was about five minutes away from Minneapolis to a city that's now like 25, 30 minutes away. So it's like we moved from the the outer of the city to now the suburbs. And when we moved, I, I knew that I was black. Like I could see my skin color and I was like, oh yeah, I'm black. But I never really truly saw the difference between black and white and Hispanic because where I was from, we treated everyone the same. Like our problems in elementary school were, what do you want to do when you grow up? Not, 
who like what's I don't know. But when I moved, the all the challenges went from what do I want to be when I grow up to wow, these people are really treating me shitty for being black. <laughs> and again, this you have to remember this is just my experience in this. Like when I when I moved, the person that sat next to me in school in my homeroom class in fifth grade was very adamant lover of fried chicken i don't know if that was just because it was me or if that was just who she was or they were but the first thing that i was asked was you should grow your afro out so that we can put chicken in it and then we can have it it's i don't okay again this might not seem like a big deal to you but at the time this was a very big deal to me I was always called an Oreo. And if you don't know what that term means, it means that you're black on the outside and white on the inside. So I was called an Oreo from fifth grade up until 11th grade. (laughs) I was treated the same up until I was expelled. Like, I don't know. People always saw me as a kid and not a black kid. And I thought that was a great thing. I thought that was an amazing thing. But I have now grown to learn that that is a very ignorant thing to do. You have to... The fact that you treat everyone the same is stupid. <laughs> you have to know how you can treat someone and how you can treat another person. Like, you, like I don't talk to my mom the way that I talk to my friends, but I do at the same time. But most people are completely different when they go around parents. I, I was always the same, this nice kid that cared about other people. Like, in my school, I like to think that I made it cool to not bully people. like I would go out of my way to help people and because of my past because of how I was treated I I went to my high school had 97% white or 96, 95 whatever you want but pretty much every single person but five people were white I never had a black teacher again might not be a big deal to, to anyone else but that black teacher might have been able to tell me that there was such such a thing as a historically black college. Like I had no clue that HBCUs were a thing until I went to college and then I saw all these other colleges that you could go to and then they said, oh, have you looked up HBCUs? And I was like, what's that? I said, you don't know what an HBCU is? And I was like, yeah, I don't. I have no clue. And I have now gone to realize that that was because that everyone saw me as just a regular student, a regular person. All my teachers saw me as a regular student, which again, some people might say that's a good thing, but the fact that you're not seeing me in as a black man in America, which I was, or a black boy in America, they never thought it was relevant, I thought. And it's like one of those things where it's like, that's a big deal to me to have a black teacher because that, like, I've never gone on TV and saw someone that looks like me that that's doing what everyone's doing on TV. Like, it's always white people. Again, might not seem like a big deal to everyone else, but that's a big deal to me is to being able to see someone like that. And it's like, (laughs) it's like I... Again, oh, Brendan, you, your childhood sounds miserable. You're like the way it's like, well, I put my feelings aside because I, I don't know. I don't know why I put my feelings aside. It was the easiest thing to do instead of feeling my feelings, just like forget they were there and go. Like 
my dad, like for instance, like let's just say my dad, uh, no, we're not getting into that either. I'll talk about that in a later episode, but like I thought it was a great thing when people said to me they don't see color. I was like, yes, good. You see me as a white person. (laughs) Like that was my, I was happy. Like when people called me an Oreo, they thought they were dissing me and I was like, I'm doing it right. Like I purposely went out of my way to act white because I had to survive in a white community. Like if I acted like how I really wanted to act and told people how I really felt, like I would have no friends and no one would want to talk to me. So... I decided to push all of my feelings aside, not worry about that because I've felt all the feelings and I would go out of my way to make sure that I never had, I never made someone feel terrible. I never made someone feel this. And instead I would try to make them happy because I was first thing. I'm a very selfless person. I'm a very funny person. So I can hold a fucking conversation. (laughs) I'm a great, great person to hold a conversation with, but now I'm starting to realize that I can't do this anymore because then what am I doing? I'm living my life for others. What the fuck? (laughs) That's not fun. So now I'm starting to realize that I can live for myself and also help other people by sharing my story, by talking through things with other people that may not understand my struggle. Like there's, I would say probably half of America would say that racism is a big issue in today and the other half would have to say that it's not and the only reason why they say that it's not is because it's not in their day to day and it's in my everyday like if I go to the mall I remember literally three days ago I went to the mall and I was rounding a corner minding my business airpods in jamming out but not physically showing that I was jamming out right just walking like a normal person in a mall and this this grandma, this lady is rounding the corner. I'm going one way. She's going the other way. And she clutches her purse and then changes it to the other side of where I'm walking. So it's like those subtle things that I see on the daily basis, how people treat me. Like if they're, they are so afraid of what I might do to their belongings that they have to move them farther away from me because they think that black people steal. They think black people do this. When actually, it's just criminals that do that, not black people. And most of the criminals in today's now and age are white, but yet we still like to act like it's just black people that do crimes because that's the easy way out and anything that's easy, we love in America. Like, it, and what she does, she doesn't get, she gets, she's doing that. She's moving her purse away from me just as an instinct. Like she's not even thinking. She's like, she sees a black person. She moves. She, she does that. And it's like, I've been told that, oh, you're not like the rest of them. You're not a nigger, Brendan, because you actually do work. And a nigger is someone that just stands on, that just sits on the, the thing collecting checks. And it's like, do you know what the fuck you just said? (laughs) Like, I had to laugh that shit off and agree with them when they would say shit like that because they didn't understand the struggle of what it's like to be black. I knew what it's like to be white in America. I know what it's like to be Latino in America. I know what it's like to be gay in America. I know what it's like to be trans in America because I have gone out of my way and tried to inform myself of what it is like even if it's not in my life because if something is on the other side of the world, it doesn't matter what I'm doing because they're still doing what they're doing. So why hate and like, that makes no sense to me. 
Why not try to understand why you don't like something? Why not try to understand why you do like something? Because that's that's just the way that I that that I see things, the way that I like to do things. And like <laughs> people say, "Oh, you're just doing this, you're doing that." Well, no, I want to share my story so that if it even impacts one person, like if that if there's one kid that was in the same going through the same shit that I was when I was 10, 11, or 15, 16, 18, 20, or even now. If it can help one person, I'm solid. I'm good. Like, my job's done. Like, to help you understand my mindset and things, like, when people say that money doesn't buy happiness, I laugh at them because in my head, if I had all the money in the world, I would Give it, give it to people in need that need it more than I do. Like there's people that are struggling with four kids and one parent in a one bedroom apartment. It's like they need the help. I don't need the help. So let me try to find those people and try to help them. And that's where I don't get like why, where all these rich people are starting all these charities, but they're actually not doing jack shit. They're just doing it for a write-off. Like a company can can say, "Hey, would you like to round up three the your three cents and donate it to the children's fund or whatever to the St. Jude fund or whatever?" And then they do that, and then they write it off on their taxes, and then they don't have to pay. But yet, see, that's America. They say free money doesn't exist, but yet if it's a tax write off, isn't that free money, or is that just the taxpayers paying for for you? Like it. <laughs> I don't understand why people still hold other people on this big, on this big, I don't know, like on this pedestal that they don't even know. Like, I, my whole entire life, I was told, like, oh, you should do this. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, you want to do this? Well, you can't. Oh, you do that? Okay, whatever. And my whole life, I've just laughed them off because they don't understand my struggle. They've, they're they just trying to tell me how to live my life without trying to understand my life. And that's where I don't get it. Like, I, I praise these rich people for being rich. Good for you for being rich. But I don't want to look at you differently because of the way that you use your money. Because that's your choice of how you spend your money. People spend stuff on differently a whole bunch of times. But... It's, it's like they don't get what's going on in the world. Like, do you know that Jeff Bezos is only being taxed on a salary and not on his, his growth wealth? Like, that's fucked up. And we don't want to admit that. Like, we don't want to admit that Alabama is using their COVID relief fund to fund more prisons in Alabama instead of using it for what it's actually used for. Like, that is what we do. Like, when we were over in Afghanistan, we spent trillions of dollars over there, but yet they can crumble in, in under a week in Palestine. Like, you don't get... If we really cared to do actual work, America would be the, the number one country in the world. The only reason why we're the number one country in the world is because of our arsenal of weapons. And it's like, we can't even... Like, what's the point of all of those arsenals for weapons that we have to keep up if we're not actually going to use them? And instead of using that money towards this fight that we apparently only the the pol- the poli- politicians there we go only the politicians can see this war but yet we can't see it like why where is where is this war that we're spending all of this money on because 
I'm looking all over the world and I'm not seeing people like lining up and shooting at each other. Like, and oh, Brandon, that's not what war is like nowadays. It's like, oh, well, then what's it like? Tell us. Why don't you be apparent with what you are doing? Why don't we adapt to more of the day and age that we are in, which is full transparency? Because you can't. The reason why we need to go to full transparency is because look at the sports world. Why is it that we can see how much that they make, but yet why is it that money is such a big issue? Like to me, that makes no sense. How, why is it that sports is the only transparency with money in the whole entire world? Like if you ask someone how much they made, they'd look at you and say, I'm not going to tell you like, why the fuck do you need to know that? It's like, okay, well, why the fuck do we need to know how much these athletes are making? Well, because there's so much money in it. Yeah, the money that they deserve, that they're being put on for, that their business is making. Like, you can't mess up on that. Like, there's this, there's in Colorado, if you have a business in Colorado now, um, they're going to make it so that you have to be transparent with your company. So, like, if Target has a, a store in Colorado, which I'm pretty sure that they do, then in all of their stores across America, they have to be transparent about how much they're paying people. So let's say that I show up to work and then I I get paid ten fifty an hour, but yet the person that's been working there for three years is making nine seventy five. And they don't know how much I'm making when I just got hired, but they like if you get asked if you ask for a raise, then you just get looked at for being greedy. When it's like I actually deserve more than nine seventy five an hour, I just Oh well, what do you mean you deserve? Well, I'm just basing that off of how much everyone else is making because <laughs> I've asked. So instead of having that, oh, well, you're making more than me. So why don't you go and do this work or having that? Why don't we just be fully transparent about how much we're paying people so that everyone gets paid evenly and no one gets mad about it? But then again, you have to remember, no matter what you do or, or where you do it, people will get mad. And so instead of acting like that's not a thing, why don't you just embrace it? So I just went off on a really long tangent and I was just supposed to be talking about who I am in my past and who am I now. <laughs> so back on track here, I'm a really funny black guy <laughs> that loves people. I love to talk to people. I love to understand people. And this is my calling. I feel like I've never felt more comfortable doing something than podcasting, than telling people my story and trying to understand things with people. And I love the internet. People don't like the internet. But the internet doesn't try to understand people. They just, they just see and do. And so I want to try to change that. If I can do anything to try to change how we act, then I gladly will try. And, <laughs> you know, I just, I care so much about how other people feel. Like, not how they feel towards other people, but, like, how they feel in, like, I can look at someone and tell what they're going through because I've been through a lot. I've seen a lot. I've done a lot. And I understand it because I've gone out of my way to try to understand different people. And it's, like, it's not second nature. It's not, um, like, a fake thing for me to do. It's just, like, the easiest thing for me to do. It's, like... I want to start a conversation not with, hi, how are you? Because nobody fucking cares how are you when they ask that question. <laughs> nobody fucking cares. I want to, I want to start a conversation with, wh what do you believe in? Like, what, 
are you achieving your dreams that you actually care about? Are you, are you happy in life? Like that's, and I want real answers back, but people are too afraid to actually care about people because of they could get hurt by it. When, if you have that mentality about everything, then what are you doing? (laughs) Like, what's the point of doing anything if you're just afraid of everything, you know? Like, that's just sad. Like, there's a whole entire world out there. Go have some fun. And I don't know what fun is to you, but fun to me is talking to other people and trying to understand it. My big thing is, is like back in the day, an eye for an eye was a real thing, a, a thing that people could actually get behind because integrity was real. People wouldn't lie. Like they thought that if they lied, the other person would know and then you'd get shunned. Like, but nowadays, an eye for an eye cannot work because we know that people lie, so you cannot trust what they say. So instead, I propose we do like a 10 years for 10 years. Tell me 10 years of your life and I'll tell you 10 years of my life. Then you can try to understand where I'm coming from. And if you don't want to do that, then don't have the conversation with someone. If you don't want to try to understand where they're coming from, or if you want to keep having those fake conversations, then keep doing it. I'm not telling you not to. I'm just saying I'm done with those conversations. Don't come up to me and say, hi, how are you? When if you cared, you would have texted when you thought about it or called if you actually thought about it. Not like right when you see me. Oh, how are you? It's like you don't care. Because if you did care, you would have reached out before seeing me in person. Oh, well, I forgot I can't see this. Okay, then it wasn't important. (laughs) That simple. (laughs) No ifs, ands, or buts around it. If you're thinking about it, go for it. And if you're not thinking about it, then that's it. There's nothing else. (laughs) Okay, again, going on a tangent. I, it's one thing that I feel like I will be doing a lot of in this podcast. And I hope that everyone likes those tangents. And if they don't, then why don't you like it? (laughs) Ask yourself that. Okay. So moving on, I, I want to say I kind of got that. Who am I? But that's why I want to have like other people on here so they can ask me questions because I feel like that's where I do the most good is when people have a, like a legit question for me about my experience or my struggle or my anything. And then I answer it because I don't know what you need to hear. I don't know what you want to hear. I don't know anything about you. So let's learn. Let's do that. So this podcast, I'm going to try to just show you who I am, try to be vulnerable because I'm not that person. So let's be vulnerable together, bro. (laughs) Make vulnerable a cool thing. Like, I don't know. Let's do it, bro. Vulnerable and transparency all of 2022. Okay. That's all I want. That's all that I want. Okay. So I've pretty much said I was expelled. I've adopted. I'm black. I live in the suburbs, went to a a high school, 97% white kind of gives you that, that just like I was the class clown. Everyone pretty much knew me. I, I had a friend group, but I didn't really have a friend group. Like there was a group that I would hang out with outside of school, but yet everybody knew me in the school. Like even I would, purposefully go out of my way to sit with the kid that didn't have anyone to sit with at lunch because I wanted to. And because that's like, that was fun. Like I wanted to know why are you like, I wanted to try to make them feel better because I've been there before. I, I was that kid. And I realized that that's not going to do any good for me. Like I just need, instead of me feeling bad, I tried to make people feel better to make like short-term happiness. 
was my goal. And I didn't know that, but now I realized that that's what I was doing. I was doing short-term happiness and it worked. And it's still, it worked up until a point when I realized that these people don't actually care about me, that I needed to start to care about myself. And I knew when I was in fifth grade and I started to act that way that I wanted to be like this shining light for black people because they all seem to have this, this, this thing towards black people, the stigma, the stereotype towards black people. And I hated that. And I wanted to change that because I had a stereotype about white people, but I didn't tell them that. <laughs> like, that's the difference. I like, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. And that's something that I live by. Like <laughs> I would always tell myself, like when something bad would happen in my life, I'd go, okay. And, and then I'd think about the worst things in life. And then I'd be like, okay, so it's not that bad. I'm just going to stop right there. Because this isn't what I want to talk about on my first episode. I want to keep this kind of light. I want to keep this kind of fun. And I want to just show you who I am. Because you don't know who I am. So, I I thought it was a good thing before that they only saw me as, as a regular student. As a regular person. And I slowly gone to realize that that is a very dangerous thing that you can do. If you don't treat people differently, then then what's the point? Like, because no one is the exact same. So you can't treat person A exactly like you treat person B. You have to do something different. And that's something that people call, like, code switching. That's very popular in the workplace for black people is, like, they talk a certain way because they're from a certain place. But where you're working, you can't talk like that. You have to talk a different way. And so I did that my whole entire life through middle school, through high school. And I acted a certain way because that's how I had to, to survive. Like, that's the thing. Like, no one ever tried to understand who I was because it didn't matter to them. They just mattered who I am. And I like that. I love that. But I'm, like, I cared about other people's past. I would go out of my way to learn about their past and try to understand them and help them in any certain way that possible. But no one was re- reciprocating that energy towards me. And so I knew at a young age that none of these people that I was hanging out with was going to be my friend because they didn't understand my struggle or try to understand my struggle. And I knew at a certain point in my life that these people would not be my life. And I didn't know that it would hurt so much, but it did. And you're like, oh, what do you mean they weren't standing up for you? Well, if you don't remember, last last year in 2020, there was this big uproar in social media and everything. And it was the Black Lives Matter movement that was the biggest protest in the whole entire world ever. All continents. And a shit ton of countries. 60 plus countries were involved in the Black Lives Matter movement. But yet no one now is talking about it because it doesn't affect their day-to-day life. But for the black people that were marching that weren't doing it for a fad, that weren't doing it for likes, that weren't doing it for going viral... What are they doing now? What They're still talking about it, I know for a fact, because I'm still talking about it. <laughs> like, I can't get out of the fucking back of my mind that Fred Hampton was killed the exact same way of Breonna Taylor this year. Breonna Taylor died this year in a shootout that she wasn't even a part of. The cops were just a part of. The cops were shooting a door, and she was on the other side sleeping with her boyfriend, fiance. Fred Hampton was sleeping with his girlfriend, Died the exact same way, except they didn't have the decency to shoot through the door. They walked in, opened the door, and then shot him in his bed next to his 
girlfriend. And if you don't know who Fred Hampton was, he was the leader of the Black Panther Party. It's that shit that people don't understand that they like they that I feel like they need to. It's the fact that Central Park was Black Wall Street and black houses, black churches, black grocery stores, black mails, black everything. And white people decided that they wanted it for a park in the middle of their city. (laughs) It's like people don't still realize that people will walk through Central Park and not realize what it was because they don't go out of their way to try to understand they don't understand that all these buildings are the exact same as they were 100 years ago and they haven't put any money towards it because all of that money has been going to war, been going to bullets, been going to keeping the streets fighting. Like, <laughs> it's the sad truth. Like, I've been out here and I can list on the name, on all of my hand, my one, my left hand with five fingers, I can list all of the black people that live. Oh, I just said it where I live. Um, All of the black people that live around me okay let me start did i go too quick there (laughs) okay it's me and my sister and i know no other black person over the past 10 years that has lived here every black person that has come in and out of my life has been from the city because they were a pity for a different white person to bring into their lives I was never that black person that a white person pitied to bring into their life because I had a structural, I don't know, because of the way that I held myself. I didn't want people to look at me down with pity because I felt that and I fucking hated it. So I would do my best to not show my emotions towards things and only to make things positive. And I slowly learn that that is a good thing. And I slowly also learn that that is a bad thing. Okay. So, what do I actually care about? I care about pretty much everyone. I care about those people that... The way that my people have been treated... And by my people, I mean black Americans or African Americans, if that's what you want to be called. But you have to remember that they also called slaves African Americans. And it's like, how how were slaves, African-Americans, if they were brought from their home country over here to do work and you never gave citizenships or even see them as a real person? So explain to me how they're African-American. Explain to me how I'm like them because you call me African-American. And when I say you, I'm talking to pretty much most white people. Call me African-American, but do you know what that means? The story behind that. Do you know why people in the country are called redneck? It's because when they were whipping their slaves, their neck would turn red and the slaves called them rednecks. Still use that term today, but people don't know where that term comes from and they embrace it. And you, you, you have to remember, I don't look down on anyone because who the fuck am I to look down on someone? Like, <laughs> I don't know your life. Talk to me. Let's, let's go through it. Why do you look down on me? Because that's all I've been my whole life. And so I have to put myself above others because they don't understand or even want to understand. And so that's where I'm just in a different league than other people. They keep going on with their day knowing what I know. And And I'm going out of my way 
knowing what I know to help educate other people. That's the difference is I, I hear this and I'm like, this is fucked up. People need to know this because if they knew this, they would more people would be on that Black Lives Matter side and they wouldn't be on the political side. Because when I say Black Lives Matter, why do you think that I'm being political? Because I'm straight shooting with you and I'm just telling you that Black Lives Matter. Straight up. But yet people want to say, well, hey, the person that shot that person has a life too. And you have to know that I understand that side. I understand that they have to clock in and clock out of their job from killing people. Oh, well, they do more than that. They protect and serve everyone but black people. You have to understand, like the cops' history, the history of the police department 1865, everyone knows that. Let's celebrate Juneteenth. Yeah, June 19th, 1865, we're free. Woo, woo, woo. But it didn't work like that. Like, if if now, if today, if we were just like, forget about yesterday, half the people will be like, I'm not forgetting, fuck you, right? Like, it's my memories. But nowadays, we just remember the last hundred years, the night, the good parts of the of our history we don't care about the bad but yet we need to start to care about that bad so we can not do it again like we did with the haitians refugees i can't control them so let me take my horse rein and whip them hmm kind of sounds familiar to me but to someone else that might not sound familiar so what i'm talking about is slavery back in slavery when they would whip when the rednecks would whip their slaves and we're still doing that now. But yet, we care. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, did you know that when that video was posted, six hours later, those 15,000 Haitian refugees were gone from that place. There was, there was uh, Trey the Truth. I follow him on Instagram. Great follow on Instagram. He is a big help supporter of anything in Texas or around the country. But Texas is his hometown, so it's just where he is. He went down there. And he was like, he brought food, brought water, brought di- brought everything that they needed to survive that the U.S. government wouldn't give them. Because and when he got down there, they were gone. Like, they were moved somewhere ASAP. And it's like, so that's, so people need to understand that our government doesn't care unless it's in the public eye. Like, they, they... They don't see things the way that we see things. They're built off of a system that is against black people because they're scared of black people. For instance, Richard Nixon's right-hand man, let me get his name right here. Richard Nixon's right-hand man was uh, John Ehrlichman. And he said about the, the war on drugs, this is a full quote from him. He said, we knew we couldn't make it illegal to either be against the war or black people. But by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and blacks with heroin and then criminalizing them both heavily, we could disrupt those communities. We could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break up their meetings, and vilify them night after night on evening news. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. Again, let me read that last line for you. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. Okay, so... Our president, Richard Nixon, our president's right-hand man against the war on drugs, said that it was all about black people. But yet we don't want to say that because we don't want to believe that. 
I believe it because of the history that I've been shown the past year and a half of my life. And it's disgusting. And it's that that I want to try to help other people try to understand is that everything that you see, you have to question. You have to ask, where is that coming from? Who is informing that person? And, and what is their agenda? Where is their check coming, being cashed from? And whose name is on that memo sheet? It's like these people on the news, people are like, yeah, well, they say this, they say that. You can't do that because the news is a totally different thing now. It's just whoever can get the most number viewers, whoever can get the most clicks because, and the network, they don't care about the real news. They just care about the money that they get. And so until everyone realizes that you can't take the news for, <laughs> for granted, like you can't take it for what it was because on the news, people wouldn't lie because they actually cared about the news that they were spreading. And that's the beauty of social media now is that you get that, that, that firsthand view of people. And it's like people hate that, but like, why? Because you get to know the real person behind the per. Like, let's start to be the same person we are in real life as we are on the internet. But again, that's the beauty of the internet is that you don't have to. And it's like escape for people. So, and that's what I love is that you can look at everything so differently, but yet everything can be the same. Okay, again, went on another tangent there, but kind of to wrap it up, um, I, I've always gone out of my way to make sure that people feel good. So now I want to try to make myself feel good by, again, helping others, <laughs> but in a good way, a healthy way now. So <laughs> it sounds, yeah, I wrote this down. It sounds corny, but nonverbals are my favorite. Like when I can look you in your face and your emotion is showing on your face without saying anything, that's what I like. Like, I can go up to someone and I can see if they're happy, sad, mad, because I've gone there. Oh, Brendan, that's an easy thing to do. No. Well, most people, they couldn't read me because I would purposely not show my emotions. Most people would say, Brendan, you're the most happiest person I know. Nothing's wrong. All this. And it's actually the opposite. I'm, I was very depressed. I was very everything. I was feeling all the feelings, but showing none of them because I couldn't because I didn't want pity. And I hated pity. So I'd go out of my way very far to show that I wasn't pity. And after I felt my worst, instead of staying down, I would make others feel happy. And because that's just what I like. I like to understand people like making jokes about like my life. And I don't know. It's like Some people can handle it. Some people can't. But it's like you need to deal with adversity before you can win. And if you haven't dealt with adversity, then you're not really winning. So... It's like I was I was going to keep pushing like all these feelings away in a way and like just keep doing a nine to five like I was for the past three years. But it's like I can't I, I can't do that nine to five and not and just push all my feelings aside anymore. I need to actually show my feelings and show that I care about others because my boss never cared about me. My like <laughs> never <laughs> Um like, yeah, you're working for a business that, does, that doesn't care about you. Why don't you make your own business and start to care about and have those other people care about you and run things the way that you want to be run and not the stupid way that they would run you. So it's like, why make them a shit ton of money instead of making myself a shit ton of money? And it's like, let's do it. Let's all talk about the stuff that nobody wants to talk about so that we can 
get past this and have a fun time together. Like, let's start to care about other people. Sounds fun, right? Let's do it. Let's do it. No one else wants to do it. Let's do it. This podcast, we will start to care about the people that nobody cares about. And I'm not talking about the the communities that people know because they have a community. If there's if there's a community, then that means that there's unity. So that's not a thing. We need to we need to look at the the people that are everyone doesn't like. And why don't you like them? Like for instance, most people fucking hate Donald Trump, and I am in that group of most people. But I am also in a group of people that respect Trump. Like, I don't care what anyone says. If you're a president, you have to somewhat respect them because they're your president. And if you don't, then okay, cool. Good for you. But if you don't, respect him then what's the difference between you respecting someone else is it because of their political party and what they're saying or is it that's the difference i respect the office but at the same time i don't because the white house is only white because it was burnt and black people painted it talk to me let's talk about it let's have some fun though come on who doesn't like football who doesn't like anything let's do it let's have some fun hasta la vista baby